0: Good morning. Welcome to the Gathering Place podcast. I am Pastor Todd. This week, Pastor Byron is preaching a message to edify the church. I hope you are edified as well. And now, Pastor Byron. Blessing of uh, Byron being one of our pastors here. This morning I pray that you would anoint him to speak your heart, to speak your word, um, and anoint our ears to hear what you are saying to the church. And uh, use Byron as your willing vessel, as your mouthpiece this morning. And bless him immensely for it. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 God bless you all. I'm excited. I'm excited what God's going to do this morning. You all ready to hear the word of God? Amen. Are you ready to receive the word of God? You know Hearing is not just enough. Receiving is very important, right? So Father God, just bless our time together. Father God, may your Holy Spirit bring life to your word for us this morning in Jesus' name. Kind of a last minute thing. I came into Psalms 42, 1-2. to 2. As the deer longs for the flowing streams, so my soul longs for you, O God, my soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and he and behold the face of God. You know, just before I go to the message, I want to say, you know what? We gather together on Sunday morning. And, and we all have our little agendas going on in our life. But one of the purposes for gathering together is that we would see the face of our God. That we would behold the face of our God. And I and I and something I never forgot for a long time, at 8:30, we were meeting one Sunday a number of months ago, and God allowed me, with eyes open, to see Jesus standing in the midst of us. And June, she ran. Where, where was that? I want I want to stay in that place. You know what? That was a prophetic act because coming together, coming together, it's it's just so much more than singing some hymns, singing some songs, hearing the word of God. It's for to set aside a time and a place to actually visualize Jesus before us. I I ended the. the the time at the farm with with a verse, we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. How intimate can you get? How more intimate can you get than him inviting us to be seated with him in heavenly places? That's what our whole journey is about. Visualizing ourselves in the presence of Jesus. So before we start the word, along with that little hymn in Revelation, I want us all to sing with me as the best you can. And you could stand up, sit down, kneel before Him, but this is all about what it means to come and gather together in Jesus' name. So we'll do the best we can. Holy, holy, holy Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Jesus, Jesus is his name. I'ma let's do it again. It's the verses, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whatever the melody is, we're gonna do it again. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is to- our song shall shall... Come here up here, thanks. E. Let's move it into that one. Holy, holy, holy. Lord, Lord is full and mighty. God, God in three persons. God, blessed Trinity. Trinity. Holy, 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 Lord, Lord, God, Lord God Almighty. All creation shall praise your thy name. In earth, earth and sky high and sing Holy, holy, holy. holy. Beautiful and Mighty God in Three Persons, Blessed Trinity. Amen. Amen. You know what? Uh, he wasn't is the is to come. I didn't mess it up. But you know what? God has been doing spontaneous things today, and I love it. You should have been here. Who, if you want, here at the around 9:45. A.M. this morning, there was just a break out there on, on, on this Sunday morning. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And God wants to reveal himself to us in a very intimate and personal way. He wants us sometimes to just close our eyes and see Jesus. Close our eyes and see Jesus. He's everything. He is and he was and he's coming back again. He's coming back again. Amen. Amen. And now let's get into, into James and but just before I start with the first few verses, you know, it was uh, I had quite a family growing up with three two brothers, there was three of us in the home. And wouldn't you to know it? Wouldn't you to know it as we became aware of things and we began entering our teenage years? My older brother, he was a Chrysler man. Man, Chrysler, that's it, Chrysler. And then me in the middle, oh, it's General Motors, man. It's GM. And then my younger brother, oh no, you guys are all wrong. It's Ford Motor Company, man. They're the ones. And and we get all tuned and we, and we see how they would race their cars and everything else. And I'd be, peer Chrysler, GM, Ford. And us three brothers would really argue about that. Who was the fastest car? Who had the most power? Who was this and that? And my dad, trying to keep peace in the family, over the years bought a Ford, bought a Chevy, and bought a Chrysler. And, uh, and, 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 but then there was this other company around as a teenager, and I said... Dad, it's so good you bought me a '57 Chevy was from my mom, and I use it a lot. And one day, one day, uh, my friend Richard in high school, he had a Nash Rambler, but a manual shift, six cylinder, and I said, "Man, we went one night late at night in a back road and had a drag race, and I couldn't believe it that Nash Rambler." beat my 57 Chevy. I was so angry, I said, I can't believe that. Man, we are Ford, we are Chrysler, we're GM, and along comes a little Nash Rambler and he beats my 57 Chevy. What does this have to do with the message? By BMW. By BMW. <laughs> yeah. what causes fights and quarrels among you. Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have. So you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want. So you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive because you ask out of wrong motives. That you may spend what you get on your pleasure or on yourself. You know what? Coming coming together on a Sunday morning, we gotta just forget all of our our agendas, forget all our plans, forget everything, and focus on Jesus. You know, I, and I'm convinced, you know, and, and I've been I l I, I love worshiping God, but worshiping God in its core is not how well we do up here with music. It's not not the songs we're singing. It's about having in your heart a vision of Jesus. Are we coming together as a church to meet with, experience, get intimate with Jesus, the lover of you and me? The lover of you and me. And then then out of that expression, come here with the anticipation of saying, I want to see Jesus in my life. That's the right motive. That's the right motive. That will get to the heart of our Father when we go to the throne of his grace because the word says we can go to his throne with confidence. With confidence. And he'll respond to what we're saying to him. Where do we get that? Where do you get that? Going before the throne of grace with confidence. Having a intimate, close vision of who Jesus is. Who he is. He is the one that loves us beyond any other person in our life, family or friend. His love is deep and compassionate that he even came to the place when it was decision time to die for you and me and fulfill, fulfill, I mean, fulfill complete a whole requirement of our father to become adopted as sons and daughters. He views you and me as his very own sons and daughters. What does that mean? What does that mean? Back to Jesus, having a vision of Jesus. He was declared the Lamb of God or the Son of God. And God, through him and his sacrifice, that's why we can be seated with him in heavenly places. Then God took you and me, when we came to that decision to give our lives to Jesus, that same position as he, the Father sees Jesus, we become his very own sons and daughters. Wow, that all adds energy to our prayers. You have not because you're not asking in the right way. You're not approaching God as a very precious son and daughter of his that he would wish no ill feeling towards us. Wow, what a way to start. What a beautiful chapter, and I, you know, leading up to this message on James 4 and the events that were happening in my life and our lives and everything else, I looked at this and I said, wow, God, perfect timing, perfect timing for us to come to that place in our own lives as the gathering place of gathering together and having a vision of Jesus in our lives, in our lives. Then he goes on, James, kind of scolding you adulterous people. Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend with the world comes an enemy of God. Or do you think scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit He has cause to dwell in us, but he gives us more grace. That's why the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. Yeah, it's not about you and me. It's about him loving us about him passionately in love with us. Passionately in love with us. And you know what? In the old hymn they say, then the things of this earth grow strangely dim in his presence of mercy and grace. Living our lives, guys. not thinking us more highly than we ought to think, but saying our very existence, our very existence is all about Jesus. All about Jesus. And I'll tell you, the more we grow to focus on that, truly, truly, the desires of our flesh and the things of this world will grow less and less and less. And in that pro- in that process, and he says, to be, to be a uh, friend with the world is to be an enemy with God. Guess what? In that process, God knows our flesh, and God knows what we're going through. And, and God is, amazing thing about God and his relationship with us is that Never underestimate His patience with us. He who began this work, there was a beginning. There was a beginning. The day that I, I know I did it in a bathroom. You know, I don't care where you did it, but I did it in the bathroom. And I, and, uh, and that 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 when that when that day came, and I all of a sudden my eyes were open to what Jesus did. And I gave my life to him. And I, and I invited him to come into my life. God's patience with me began in a real way. In my journey. In my journey. He, he would never say to one of us, I reject you. but he wants to reaffirm in us every day how much he loves us. And that's life transformation. Sometimes we make a big effort in our life to change ourselves and we forget the Holy Spirit that's within us, working his good work. Transforming us from within to be manifested from without. (coughs) He's opposed to the proud but shows favor, favor to the humble. And I would encourage all of us learn the depth and what the fruit of humility Because once we, once we if we drift off of that we're just leaving our lives open to messy things. What is humble? Total dependence on him. That's, that defines humility. I take myself off the throne of my life, put him on, and become totally dependent on him. God's a good one to be codependent to. You know, we talk about in relationship, we get, you know, they they, they tell us, oh, you're codependent. That's not a good thing, but it's okay to be codependent to God. Be codependent on him. Totally, totally dependent on him. He'll work it out. He'll work it out. No matter what, you know. I um, I was in the hospital this week visiting somebody, uh, uh, uh um, and Chuck's son Charles, who's been in the hospital for when well, I met him, probably about eight days. And doctors are trying to find a lot of stuff going on. We won't go into that, but uh, but uh, his brother Joseph, who's my son-in-law, said. It, we have to go there. We have to go there. We need to go there. And, and in the car, he said something interesting, and I, and I kind of helped him qualify it. i got to go there. I'm afraid my brother's going to die, and I need to see him. And I said, Joseph, you know, you know, I understand what you're saying, but it's out of that God has something good because it's out of those feelings that you called me and we're going to visit your brother and 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 we and we prayed for him and something I something I know about praying for the sick, something I've learned that a lot of times it's not just right now. But what I reminded Charles was I said I want to you know I want you to know what just happened when I prayed for you. He said, what's that? We put healing into motion. We put healing into motion that everything, Charles, is going to be okay. Then I asked him, I said, when, when we see the final result of this, would you be willing to come to our church and give praise to Jesus? And he said, yes, and I hope he does. I hope you get to check, meet Charles. Because from that moment things start changing for him. And now he's going to go home today or Monday. It is. It's, and then they remind me, because Joseph remind, He says, oh, you remember that time? And I, told, and I jumped subjects on him while we were driving there, and I, and I forgot what he was talking about, but the Holy Spirit reminded me what he was trying to tell me about that time as we were going to go to pray for his brother. I was in the hospital praying for a friend and uh, that Joseph knew. And Joseph came. On the way to the room, he met somebody from his high school. He said, how are you doing? What are you doing here? He said, well, my fiancé, my fiancé, my fiance, uh, she's got a very aggressive cancer just showed up. And I, I said, and and they're not even believers. And he, he said, oh, my father-in-law is praying for somebody else in the other room. Would you mind if I go get him? He's a pastor. And you mind if I go get him to pray for your fiance? And he said, "We whatever helps. I don't, you know, yeah, sure, whatever, you know. And uh, so... Uh, <coughs> Uh, Joseph comes in. Hey Byron. Hey Byron. Can we leave here? I met a friend from high school, and, and his fiance has has a really advanced, ca- sudden cancer that's eating her alive. And and I said, Joseph, I love going to Advocate Hospital because things happen over there, man. I've seen angels. I've seen all kinds of stuff. And I said, sure, let's go. So he met his high school buddy, and, and brought us to the room. And I, as I walked into the room, I saw this woman that was in great stress of life. She could barely talk. And I said, Ma'am, I got news, good news for you. Jesus heals. Heals. And she, went, uh yeah. yeah. Prayed the prayer of faith over her. And what happened was all the cancer left her body. No. Wow. And then they were married. Circum- we didn't know that until like six months later. Yeah, well, six, yeah. We ran into someone. Yeah. 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 Said, hey, you know what you know, she was compli- And she had a massive infection at the same time. That yeah, the same time. And all was gone as well. Are they believers now? Or what happened? That I don't know. I don't even know how to get a hold of them. But, but God, God has a time and a place for everything. And, you know, this morning is your time and place to get so connected that you would say, God, I want to see continually a vision of Jesus over my life. Say it again. God, I want to see a vision of Jesus, the one and only one that loves me more than no other. Open my eyes that I might see that I might always go to your throne of grace confident that I'm a son and daughter of my Heavenly Father because of Jesus. What a beautiful name. What a beautiful name, Jesus. What a beautiful name, Jesus. He's here. He loves you. So then James goes on, submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How's our resistant level? I'm telling you, guys, you get a vision of Jesus and who he is. It says that we are ambassadors of who he is. You know what that means? All the power that was behind Jesus is in you. Did Jesus have a problem with demons when they showed up? Neither do you. Was Jesus caught blindsided when difficult things happened? Neither do you. You and I are to take our position and knowledge of who lives in us and resist all the plans of the enemy, and he has no choice but to run. Guys, we are on the offense, not on the defense. A beautiful picture of that is when a young teenager called David met a full-armored man, giant, mighty, and strong, with a heavy sword and a mocking voice that tried to diminish who God is. And that young boy with just a few stones, he ran towards him. And he was defeated. Submit. Submit yourselves to God. Another way of saying that, visualize Jesus in you. And what Jesus did, you can do. Because you, hey, you got you got put in a... When you gave your life to Jesus, hey man, I, I then became a son of my Father in heaven that he passionately, you read the book of John, it's amazing. He, he, as passionate as he loves his son Jesus, he loves you and me. And as we said before, you know what? I, he said, I have given you all Authority over all the power of the enemy. And sometimes, sometimes we'll elevate. You know, the devil and his demons have power. They have power, yeah. They can mess, they can do things. They, 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 they can do awful things. But you, have, by your sonship or daughtership, have been given authority over all of his power. I'll tell you, authority has a greater is a greater thing than power. And that's been given to you, that's been given to me in Jesus' name. What's your most difficult thing you're facing? What's your heart's desire? Is it connected in line with Jesus? then you can walk in no fear. For God is my refuge and my strength. He's my deliverer and my helper. He's my everything. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall, who, what Shall I ever fear? For the Lord is my God. The Lord is my God. And he he says here then, come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. We cannot afford... You know, I, I said this before... I said this one. I, God gave me a revelation of this, I think it was on one Sunday, <clears throat> that uh, the enemy... Jesus said, your father, the devil... There are some people that... He, he connected that, that name Father to people that were lost and separated from God. Then he also said, my Father, the one I want to bring you into relationship. And one of the things it is, is says, come near to God and he'll come near to you. You know what? One of the challenges, I don't know if you're facing it, I face this from time to time, God, that enemy would love to dumb down my thoughts about who my Heavenly Father is. Through disappointment, or things don't happen the way I plan, or whatever else, and then he'd like to get us to the place where we, I dumb down my Heavenly Father and how much he loves me as a son. It's only my imagination. This is only my imagination. I don't know if this happened. But as you know, there was a shooter earlier on this week that took the life of a bunch of people. And, and as, he, as, he, as he was going through some uh, uh, tests and things, he said, I kept on hearing voices. And those voices probably led him to do what he did. And what did they do? They found him laying on the ground, self-inflicted wound. And I can imagine how the enemy plays. I can imagine those same voices saying, look what you did. You know what? God will never forgive you for this. You are a horrible, terrible person for what you did. You ought to just take your life. That's a little bit, it's only my imagination, but that's where the enemy that's after us would want to distort our view of our Heavenly Father and who he is. He's saying, hey, sons and daughters, come near to me. Come near to me. I won't reject you. I won't turn you. I will come near to you. I will come near to you. Grieve and mourn and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Hmm. That's an interesting verse because sometimes, sometimes in life, maybe a believer will really disappoint us. And maybe there's somebody in your life that you really don't care about. And and, and, and it happens in the body of Christ. Somebody fails, and there'll be a certain segment of people that will be happy about it and say, yeah, look at that. I'm ha- I, they're getting what they deserve. After all, man, they are getting exactly what they deserve. When, when the really response should be that, oh, man, I, my heart breaks for that person. remember our duty as believers. And it says in Scripture, it says, you know, if somebody is failing and you know they're failing and you see them failing, and he says, those who are are strong, not rejoicing over their failure, but you go and minister to them. And be careful about your own walk. Something about, there's something about it. When we rejoice over somebody's failure, we're really open to the door for failure ourselves. So us not do that as a church. Let's, if somebody's struggling, let's be a church that will come and minister and lift them up and guard our own selves that we might not fall in the same messy stuff. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. You know, that kind of reminds me of a, it's also mentioned in First Peter. He says, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God and he God will exalt you at the proper time. And so, sometimes, I, to me, to help me visualize that, visualize that, Catherine, come up here. You yeah, know, I'm going to mess with you this morning. So, uh, so humbling yourselves under mighty hand of God, drop your knees, okay. and, and, and she's saying, you know, uh, Lord, I, I'm just... I'm just humbling myself before you. I, I'm down on my face and saying, Lord, I want to acknowledge you in my whole life. I want to give you every part of me. Lord, I want to give you my disappointments and my victories and everything about me. Lord, I, I, just, want, I just want to follow you. I just want to know you. I just want to see you. What does First Peter say? What does that First Peter say? When you're in that place, you're humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God. I want you to visualize when, when, when you take ownership of your life and you humble yourself before him, he says you are putting, positioning yourself under the mighty hand of God. Whatever, whatever you, you have, everything he can equip you with, have for you, and bless you i want you to see this picture that humility put you under a heavenly father and what's what's the sign of mighty hand it's it's a place as a son and daughter to be blessed by your father maybe you maybe you were never had that acknowledgement from your earthly father Maybe you never got that place, or your earthly father never really, really gave a blessing. the Old Testament, man, that was the most important thing for sons. I mean, two sons got in a big fight over it. They want the blessing from their father, right? Humble yourself. He's the one that's your only help. He's your one, your salvation. He's there. And he says, when you do that, when you do that, you're putting yourself under the mighty hand of your heavenly father and position yourself to say, bless you, daughter. Bless you, daughter. You have everything. Everything at your disposal, because I love you. That's that that picture. That's that picture of that verse. That's what it's saying. Humble yourself thank God, and he will lift you up. Is there any maybe there? Humble yourself under him with right motives, right heart, and he will lift you up. No ifs, ands, or buts. He will. Live in that confidence. Live your life in that confidence. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother and sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but setting it judgment. But set, sitting in judgment on it, and really, when we when we go after our brothers and sisters, um, we're doing something that God never intended us to do. And we're putting our and I said, remember, I said some time ago, say, what what's, when we start judging one another? What is that actually saying? What's that saying? That's saying, I'm putting myself. I'm better than you. I wish you could be like me. You're missing something. What you're missing something is we don't need to go there. He said, judgment is mine. And remember, we learned earlier in James, judgment, he judges with mercy. We don't do that all the time. He judges with mercy. And he, what else does he say? We can't go there. Because he says, vengeance is mine, not yours, not mine. It's his. He'll take care of it. He'll take care of it. I, I, rem- I remember in, in the business world, I, I, there was this guy inviting me out to lunch. I, he invited me out to lunch and he, he says, uh, Hey, Byron, you know, I'm, I'm glad you love all the business we're getting you, but you know what? I, I know you've, the salesman doesn't represent your company anymore, and we're dealing with you, but you know, we're going to have this lunch once a month. We're going to have this lunch once a month. And when we meet, my expectation is you're going to bring me cash, so much money. And we'll just have a hunky-and-dory relationship. I looked at him and I said, Dude, man, man, I can't do that. I can't do that. I'll tell you a reason I can't do that. I want to let you know I believe in Jesus Christ and I give my life to him, and that's not the way he would want to do business. And the guy got mad, angry. I will destroy you. I said, I'm sorry to hear that because uh, I'm not worried about that, sir. Because I didn't say it like this. I humble myself before the Lord. He determines whether you can destroy me or not. And I didn't say in that word. I just said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way. And I wish you would, I told him, I wish you would give your life to see Jesus and see my perspective because it's not going to happen. And then he said it a second time. He said, Don't you know the power in a position? Power? And position I am, I can get you removed from doing any business in our company. I went back to him, I'm sorry. You know, do what you need to do, but. I'm not changing my position, but I wish you would know Jesus." <clears throat> it wasn't a short time after that luncheon, God stepped in. He'll step in for you too. God stepped in, and this man was fired from his job and the company he worked for. Now you think that, well, wow. God, you, you did this. You did this. All I did is humble myself before you, and you came through. That didn't end the story, because now they had to find a man that would replace him. And he wasn't on a job for that many weeks where we identified each other as believers in Jesus. Jesus. What's your mountain? What's your difficult? What brings fear in your life? Well, Let's you know it has no place. It has no place. You've been given authority over all the power of the enemy. And by the way, that when we do this uh, we cannot afford to put ourselves in the position of being judges it doesn't and it does not mean we don't correct help and lead we just we don't have the final word to judge people He said, now listen, you who say, today and tomorrow we will go to this city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why do you not even know that will happen tomorrow? What What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. You know what? Knowing Jesus, we, you know, none of us know whether we're going to be here next week, but we have the confidence that if we're not here, we're with Him. So, why focus on everything that? Pertaining to, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, I'm going to and that. And, and what this verse is saying is in your plan, and in, uh, in business, right, Jerry, we have the, they say five year plan, have a five year plan, you know, and all the, oh man, they push all this stuff and all this detail and all this stuff you're going to do and everything else. But, you know, what, what, what these uh, business people forget. Is that you have to bring Jesus into your plan. Plans are okay. It says we can make a plan, but God establishes the path. And 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 that and that's and and there's nothing wrong with the plan. There's nothing wrong with the plan. As long as as you consciously, in your heart, have God in the center of that plan and say, you know, God, if I'm not here next week, I know where I'm going. I know I'll see you face to face. And that's and, and, and okay. That's okay. It's okay. goes back. I'm trying to say what Jesus said: If you cling to, if you're clinging to life, you'll lose it. If you lose your life in Him, you'll gain it. Yeah, things change. I, 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 I have to mention this. I love Peter so much. Peter, Calora. you know what? I loved him. I loved his ministry here and how he always he, he had just a get to the word, get to the word, know the word, know the word. And he, and he preached that almost every Sunday he would say, know the word, know the word. But you know when he got up one morning to take a ride to go to his favorite spot, he didn't know that very day, that very day he was going to be in in the presence of Jesus. And there's comfort in that. So my encouragement to us is God is allowing us, he seats us in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. God is allowing us in in a partial way to live our life that way in his presence like the song twilight in his presence in his presence he's saying he's inviting us cuz he knows, he knows we're going to come challenges there's going to be hurt there's going to be people hurting us and with their words and actions and everything else and but but in the in the whole process just living out day by day hour by hour Seeing him and know he's with us, and know he loves us, and knowing we're sons and daughters of a father that has the same love for us as he has for his Son Jesus. You need to believe that. You need to believe that. Then, in closing, Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes, all such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin for them. And, you know, and that's one of those sins that we don't always recognize. But June did with her hippie story. <laughs> you, you, you had an opportunity to insist your way. Insist it or yield to do something good and saying, that's all right, my hips hurt, but go ahead. When you have an opportunity, when you and I have an opportunity to do something good for somebody and let it pass, guess what? James says that's sinful. He says that's sinful. So, so what's the deal there? When somebody Says a hurtful word to you, respond in kindness. Then, then you and I will be doing the will of our Heavenly Father. Amen. I hope this message got to your hearts. I hope it got to your hearts, and it all started with that sound and saying, "You know what?" Unfortunately, ended with me messing up that song, but Nancy came ah. through. <laughs> he says, "Behold the face of God." Holy Spirit, plant that image in us, Lord. And I didn't realize the depth of that when months ago I saw Jesus standing in our midst and what he was saying to all of us, I'm pleased. Amen, and God bless you. This is Pastor Todd. Thank you for tuning in to our podcast. I pray the Lord uses today's message by Pastor Byron to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of The Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. Our portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. Once again, thank you for tuning in to The Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.